the Hit the Light podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light podcast with me, Big Frog. And I'm the Ankh Warrior, Michael oh. Castleberry. All right, for part two. Part two of uh, the... Uh... I, I think it's copyrighted if you say kistery. Oh, yeah, it probably is, and for sure. Like, I don't want to get sued by kiss. I do. You I do. want to get sued by Gene. It'll blow up the podcast. It'll, It'll blow be up like, the po- okay. These guys must be cool. Gene Simmons, if you're out there, you're a fucking pussy if yep. you don't sue us. That's if we it. say kistery, yep. uh, tell Paul Stanley, that one-eared motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the, sticking out my tongue right now and doing devil horns with the thumb out. Yeah, which so yeah, which you definitely didn't invent. So I'm uh, breaking all the rules. <laughs> <We're> t- <laughs> Jesus. So, so yeah. oh, you know what? We got our first uh, comment uh, about our podcast on iTunes oh, the other day. Oh wow! Uh, specifically, I think the name of the guy. I'd have to look it up again. Uh, it was a, a user on iTunes. That's uh, a pretty big step. That's I think username was drip drip drip. Uh, oh, said, uh, great. The, the hosts have great chemistry, so they've really figured out the, the sexual chemistry between right. us on our yeah. podcast. We haven't talked about it yet, but yeah. evidently it's, it's out there. <laughs> so that's cool. Apparently someone out there is like, they need a fuck. But uh, no, <laughs> we appreciate that if people are listening on iTunes or whatever. If you yep. want to rate us and drop a compliment or... Fucking, or whatever, yeah. tell us how bad we suck. Yeah, well, don't do that. I mean, if you're not going to say anything nice, don't say anything yeah. at all. Did I mean, you, you watch Bambi, you dumb motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless... <laughs> unless, I mean, give us five stars or something and then say something mean. There you go. I, I'm there okay with that. that. That's a nice balance. That's a yeah. nice balance so other people will listen to us. Right. But, uh, that's we're, we're trying to build this thing up. Honestly, uh, we're not really... Sitting around thinking it's gonna go anywhere. Right. It's just basically an excuse to sit around and talk about shit that's yeah. fun and cool. And if other people dig it, that's also cool. Yeah. So and and the cool one one cool thing. I mean that that would be like uh, something that I would look forward to is you know other dudes that have you know podcasts like this. Obviously the big big dude is Eddie Trunk, right? Yeah. And then uh, Dean Del Rey, mm-hmm. he's been doing it for like five years or something. So he's gotten a uh, a following and he gets to interview cool people yeah you know that would be like you know that would be a great goal for this it would be like you know when when dudes come through town maybe we could have a chat with them that'd be cool maybe, yeah. but we need to get our numbers up first and then we'll see what's up yeah we gotta start off with guys that ain't doing shit right now right <laughs> yeah and hope yeah <laughs> and hope, hope for them to come back I feel like we can get Paul Diano on a bender wow that would be cool man you know I might even have to fall off the wagon for that one man I'm not even bullshitting uh, uh, but, maybe uh, we shouldn't aim for that I don't wanna I don't wanna sit there uh, welcome to the last episode of Hit the Light yeah, podcast before it all uh, went wrong Frog uh, overdosed the other day yeah. um, oh boy so I'm by myself now and then I gotta edit stuff and Yep. That's not fun. Nope. <laughs> nope. 
So last week we were on the first kiss episode, and yeah. basically we got right to the part where uh, where we were unhappy with, like most people are, I think most people that know about the f- not real guys wearing yeah. the makeup don't I mean, like it. It's 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 kind of bizarre. Uh, I mean, I know you have some opinions on Tommy Thayer mm-hmm. specifically. <laughs> well, that's the one that upset me. You know, I mean, it's it's probably hip, hypocritical of me that I wasn't that bothered when by, it was when it was by, fake Peter. Yeah. You know? Well, you know what? I think the reason why it didn't bother me as much also is because Eric Carr um, filled in mm-hmm. during the last leg of the quote farewell tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so for consistency, they just threw him in the Catman makeup. Right. And uh, because, you know, before, it's it's not like when, when you know, when Eric Singer uh, stepped in for Eric Carr when he passed away or when he was sick. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they, none of them were all painted up at that point. Right. So, you know, for this point, it was like, well, this is someone that was already in the band before. He'd already been playing the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, to have him come in during that tour where they had to, where they're all dressed in the, the old outfits again, mm-hmm. it wasn't as much of a what the fuck, yeah. you know, it was like they had to finish out the tour, right? and it would have been kind of silly to try to introduce a new character out of nowhere on that. Mm-hmm. I just think with Tommy, it's such a bl- like blatant, he was in a Kiss cover band before... Mm-hmm. It was such a, you know, I don't know. It's kind of funny because, you know, at the same time, we don't always shit so much on, like, the sound-alike replacement singers. Right. That's true. And he's a sound-alike guitarist. Kind of. But at the same time, it's like, here's the thing, though. Like, what what chaps my ass about Tommy Thayer specifically in that, and it's not him, mm-hmm. it's... It's Paul and Gene because he's just collecting a paycheck. He's of course. Doing, you know, he, he does what they tell him to do. Right. And, you know, Bruce Kulick was saying, you know, I didn't have to get put in that position. Right. Where, because they didn't ask him to come back when, when Ace was gone again. He's right. Like, I wasn't put in the position to be like dressed like Ace Freely. Right. And he's like saying, he's like, I don't know what I've done it. Maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't have, you know, I would have had to consider it because right. it depends on my paycheck. Right. But, at the same time, you know, here's the thing. He he wrote, he has his own song that he wrote mm-hmm. that he sings on, on like, <clears throat> I, can't, I think it's like the, their Monster album or Sonic Boom, one of those two, that right. like studio albums I actually did with this lineup. And they don't play it live, you know, and when it comes to the time to turn the microphone over to him, they have him sing Shock Me. Right. Which is Ace's song. Right. That was his big song. He sung in concert that in like New York Groove mm-hmm. when that took off, you know, the only single that off of those solo albums, he would do that live sometime. Right. But that was, you know, the big deal. That was on, you know, Alive Two and everything. He mm-hmm. would sing Shock, you know, that was Ace's big time big, to sing. Yeah. And his so, solo. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's it just seems such a you know, it's, it just feels like you know, you're pissing on my back and telling me it's raining when right. you go like, no, no, no. The, right. the, it's the spaceman, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's not Ace. It's the spaceman character. But you're singing Ace's fucking song. Right. The spaceman didn't write that song. Yes. Ace freely fucking wrote it. Exactly. And sung it. Right. So now you're just, 
let him sing the song he wrote and sings on yeah. on the album if you want to do that. I would be. It's not a terrible song. Right. I mean, it would be cool to let him shine a little bit more. For sure. But in con, that's the thing is they did these two albums, Sonic Boom and Monster, and um, if you listen, they're not bad. Right. They're not like the greatest thing ever, but it's right. like. Quality wise and everything, they're pretty solid sound quality and everything else. They don't have anything that's going to really blow you away yeah. like the classics. But, you know, it's like they did this thing where in the studio, they're one band. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, we're we're the new Kiss, the mm-hmm. new and improved ultimate version of Kiss. That's what Paul Stanley talks about. The, 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 this lineup of Kiss is the, the supreme ultimate best version possible of kiss okay what, what what the fuck ever is big you know yeah i disagree but totally. i mean it's got a guy that can play all the shit and not right. get drunk all the time but right. ace is sober now and right. he's been throwing out some pretty killer solo albums yeah in the last few years but yeah. um so they let them kind of do their thing a little bit more and when they're doing warm-ups um you know eric and and Tommy apparently are the ones a lot of times during warm-up sessions for for shows are kind of picking out songs to warm up on that they're not going to play live, but mm-hmm. they they like they've jammed on some shit from like The Elder apparently. Oh wow! Just for fun, right? And uh, but live, they're a tribute band. Mm-hmm. They just play all the old shit mm-hmm. that you've always heard before. They don't play it really anything off the their two latest albums right. that I've seen. And Gene is on the record now as probably being the first guy to say, yeah, we're not going to make any more records because it just doesn't make financial sense. Yeah. They don't sell more than they cost. So yeah. I, I, mean, I think that's it. I can see that too. That's yeah. what's the point. It makes sense. Um, I mean, unless you've got something that you think is going to be a hit single. And if that's the case, then you could just release it as a single nowadays because... Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, that's that's the era we're in too. Where, like, we we're talking about that with the Van Halen one when mm-hmm. they had the the Pretty Woman single. They're like, well, we need to attach a, yeah. a an album to this. Yeah. Sell some albums. Now you don't you don't fucking need you don't that. Necessarily you necessarily just to, yeah. sell the out the single on iTunes. Right. You yeah. get a platinum single or yeah. whatever. However they fucking measure it. You know, it's a Bitcoin single. Yeah, or some it shit is these days. But you know. That's that's the whole whole deal, man. It's right. they they don't need those albums, and I don't think they I don't think they got a hit single in them. Yeah, anymore. Maybe um, not. I mean, but you never know. You never know, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I think that I mean that that well is tapped, man. Right. Like, the, I there's very few bands that do it for that long that bust out that next hit single again mm-hmm. like look at like when sabbath put out uh 13 right the overall album was really solid sure but there wasn't really too many tracks that just grabbed you mm-hmm. like you know the classic you know hits mm-hmm. so it's like the overall listening experience is good right like it it but it doesn't peak as high Right. Some of the other shit. So I'd say it's like, you know, 7.5 out of 10 album type of thing. Yeah. Nothing's really kicking your ass, but nothing's bad on 
thing. Yeah. And that's kind of where you're at when you hit that certain point where it's like you don't you don't have the that in you anymore. Right. I mean, Paul had that solo album a little while back with like that weird the Live to Win song on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. that corny ass Paul, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I mean, that's that, there's something to uh to I mean, nobody started liking heavy metal when they were old. You know, everybody, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it's a it's a young dude thing. Yeah. And then eventually the dudes that do it get old and and yeah, I think that they <clears throat> they sometimes get out of touch, you know, especially if they have a little money. Comedians, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know, you can you can, you know, nobody uh Nobody identifies with your with your limo lifestyle, you know, yeah. or whatever. So yeah, it, it, it gets harder. For me, the thing with the with the Tommy Thayer thing is that the the reason that I got like uh, the full brunt of it is mm-hmm. because I didn't know I was drunk, flipping <laughs> through channels and shit, yeah. right? And man, there's a Kiss concert on. Fuck it, it's like in high def. Rad and it's to make it's fucking this is gonna be what the and then this, fuck this square jawed motherfucker who the fuck is that you know so I got, I went from a fucking real high high to a real low low and there wasn't any uh, mystery how I felt about it yeah you know I felt it right then I, yeah, I was I didn't weird. like it I was pissed you know so that so obviously that's my initial feeling and, and that's the feeling I still have now at the same time. You know, like like they like you said about uh, Bruce Kulick and you know him not not having to be put in that position and all that. You know, when I was in my twenties, I was like you know super idealistic. Nah, man, I'll never sell out. I'll never play this. I'll never play yeah. that. I'll never do that. And at that time, I'm sure I would have said, Hell no, I wouldn't wear aces yeah. and makeup. You, you know, kidding me? Whatever, whatever. You know, it's easy to not sell out when no one's offering. Exactly. And, <laughs> and now, many 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 years later, I'm. Totally, I totally know the uh, the bummers of the music business, mm-hmm. the bummers of the comedy business, yeah. and how you know the realities, right? And you know, I mean, quit it, you know. I I do the same thing with 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 yeah. uh, with like LT and these dudes that are you know, in my opinion, selling out to the Chargers organization. Yeah. And, Whatever, whatever, whatever. But you know what, man? I mean, shit. If the Chargers offered me a hundred thousand a year to be a fan, I'd be a fan. Yeah. Right again, right now. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just fucking. Oh yeah, fucking a. If Gene Simmons walk up to you and be like, "You want to be the new spaceman?" Yeah, uh, man. Guess I gotta do it. See. You know. <laughs> yeah. So you know. So like, I, like you said, I'm blaming Tommy. It's not his. Yeah. It's not his. Uh, you know, he's got a he's got a a signature guitar now. Of course, yeah. it looks like aces, but you know. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's... I think the whole deal with Tommy, too, is he's... I couldn't even tell you what the motherfucker sounds like off yeah. the top of my head. Like, other than, like, when I saw him sing Shock Me. Like, he's one of them dudes, like, he don't say shit. Yeah. Like, he's collecting his paycheck, and he's a KISS employee. Right. And, you know, this... That's how they want it. You know, yeah. they, they hired someone that is a KISS fan right. that was in a KISS tribute band and everything else. So right. then they, he'd been, I mean, he'd been in the fold for a while. He right. was like, you know, their guitar tech 
a tour manager and shit like that for mm-hmm. a minute. Like he had already before during the uh, it was either during the reunion or the farewell tour. There's times where he was very close to stubbing in for Ace then. Mm. And I guess that was one of the things where he had to reteach Ace some of his own guitar parts because he hadn't <laughs> played that shit. And yeah, I know that feeling. And, but there was like one where um, Ace was late to a show and he was running late. He had missed a flight and then this and that. And so they had Tommy in the suit ready to go. Mm. And uh, Ace showed up about 45 minutes before right. they had to go on. And he basically was like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of my way. And yeah. got himself painted up, got his guitar, and went out. And right. With, you know, a couple minutes to spare. Yeah. And 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 became suddenly aware of the fragility of the situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure he knew when he came back in that um, that was just not how it, it, it was going to be, like... He was never going to be an equal band member again. Right, he, right. He was signing a contract, uh, you know, of an employee that was, you know, at uh, uh, an at-will right. <laughs> type month of contract. Right, month to month. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. you're here as long as it makes financial sense for you to be here. Right. And, you know, they always... Here's the thing with Kiss. They say now... You know, they're always saying, no, this is the greatest version of Kiss ever. It fucking isn't. Just no. by, by by virtue of the fact that Paul Stanley can't sing anymore, it's not right. really the best version right. of Kiss. Yeah. But, you know, they say that while it's financially advantageous to say that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to, like, obviously you're not going to go and tell everybody, yeah, this is a half bullshit version of Kiss. Right. They ain't going to sell tickets for that. Right. But... The second they know they can sell more tickets by having Ace Freely mm-hmm. in the band again, Tommy's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. And Tommy has to know that too. That's right. Yeah, I for sure. I always joke anytime Ace is getting along right. with Paul and Gene at the same time, right. you know, that guy knows his job is probably yeah. slightly in danger. Right. Now, he's got to think for, uh, he might be right, he might be wrong. Mm-hmm. I would guess that he's probably right is that whatever he does next will have a better chance because he's doing this now. I suppose so, but he hasn't done anything all that worth a fuck before. Right. I mean, he's in some band, uh, I can't even remember the name of it off the top of my head, in like the 80s that I guess had a couple of minor hits. Now, I mean, if he was was savvy, you know, um, he might have that opening slot on the Mm -hmm. Kiss Tour. Yeah, you know that that would be uh, something. I mean, you know, it, it'd be a nice platform for your new shit and see if it's any good. You know, yeah, you have a chance. Well, that's you know like I mean? um, years ago when they did like a VH1 honors thing or some deal where they had this big like thing where they're honoring Kiss, right? And um, they had Ace uh, basically opening. For Kiss on that, mm-hmm. they they did a thing where um, they did like a quick little supergroup type mashup, but they had right. like Ace Freely and Rob Zombie and a couple of other people play God of Thunder. Right. Um, 
and it was like that's gotta be so weird to be like covering your own song yeah but ace is in this period now where i don't know if you listen to his uh cover album he put out uh, a couple uh, years ago yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um he covers a couple of kiss songs on it right like there's one where he you know he's doing stuff like um like because he wrote cold gin mm -hmm. but at the time he didn't feel confident in singing it right so he did cold gin with him doing the vocals right on it and i think he does uh i think he does parasite on it also yeah um, yeah and what then, do, you, do you like it, uh ace's singing it's weird i it's one of he's got one of those voices that it's not what you'd call traditionally good no but I just think a, it fits the songs. Yeah, but no. there's something about it that you kind of dig. Mm -hmm. Like when he's singing his songs in Kiss and this and that. And uh, just to go back to that, uh, Tommy Thayer, he was in the band Black and Blue. Oh, yeah. Previous. I remember that band. I mean, they're, yeah, they weren't like huge or anything. Like right. That, but they're like, eh. But anyway, back to uh, Ace's singing. But here's the thing. His, <laughs> I mean, it's not a, a much of a voice that he had to lose. Right. But when you listen to any of his albums that he's been putting out lately, it's his voice is uh, maybe it's a little bit different live. Right. But I've watched some shit with him live and it's yeah. pretty solid. But it sounds exactly like it did in the seventies. Yeah. You yeah. Know? He didn't wear it out. <laughs> well, yeah, he didn't wear it out. But he didn't. But. But even guys like look at James Hetfield and shit mm -hmm. like that. That. Mm -hmm. You want to say they have a classically great voice, and right. then people's voices deteriorate. Like right. James's voice isn't what it used to be. Right. Uh, Dave Mustaine's voice isn't what it used to yeah. be, and it hasn't. And it That's wasn't a lot of barking to begin with. Yeah, you know. So the fact that his voice, it sounds like seriously exactly the same. You listen to some of his solo albums; it's fucking on on point. You know, so. Yep. There's something to be said for that, and it kind of makes you feel good. Yeah. And you know what? His uh, his Space Invader album that he put out a few mm. years back, his guitar tone on it is mm. so fucking good Yeah. that it just it makes you smile when right. you listen to it. Like yeah. He's just got this... The, the tone that Ace has when he's like on point is just like there's just like an energy to it that just makes you like... Puts you in a good mood when you Hell listen yeah. to it. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. All right. So enough. Uh, enough on the. Enough on the. Uh, on the makeup mm -hmm. stuff. This episode, what we're gonna do is we're gonna give some of our highlights. You know what we think some of the best albums are, some of the best songs, some of the not so great albums, some of the not so great songs, and basically. You know, like for me, I was I've been going back and listening just to the whole records, just yeah. driving around the car. It ain't always easy. It is ain't it? always easy, but it but there, there's it's fun, you know. Yeah. And I mean, the first album for just for songs, it's a great fucking record. Oh you know, yeah, Strutter, Nothing to Lose, Firehouse, Cold Gin, Deuce, Black Diamond, Black Diamond. Fucking, it's got songs on it. Yeah. Now the thing about it is that the you know the production is like really really just old yeah you know and it's, um, it's not good it's like even the remastered version of it like right. there's just it <clears throat> it doesn't capture the energy right. of those songs yeah. when they play them live those songs like 
come to life right like so much more but right it's just kind of in in studio for those songs there was something missing there right and the thing about it is like i was trying to i was trying to figure out what some of the first of all they don't have a, a classic rhythm player like rudy schenker or mm-hmm. malcolm young or uh or uh hetfield or they don't have that real strong rhythm yeah. player so that's first of all right yeah. And then I think for the first album or a couple of albums, they weren't really that, I don't think, comfortable in the studio. You know, like when they're playing those, the opening riffs of like, of like Strutter mm-hmm. or of, um, <clears throat> of uh, Firehouse, it almost sounds like, like if I'm saying, okay, here, check this out. I'm going to teach you this riff. Yeah. This is how it goes. That's what it sounds like they're doing. Instead of just really fucking letting it flow. Exactly. And since they're blues riffs, the magic isn't in the technique. The magic is supposed to be in the feeling of it. So they miss the boat on those things. But all that is kind of rectified when they play them live. You know? But for but for for pure songs, the first album is awesome. You know, it's got like a, a, a good percentage of the songs that they still play. Yeah, that's very true. And the cool thing is that right from the beginning on the first album, when Ace's solos come in, the mood changes. Mm-hmm. It's like you go from this from the rigid and not that great of a sound to a lively sound mm-hmm. and and action, you know? So I think that's one of the reasons that Ace got, like, a lot of love for being technically better yeah. than, than the rest of them right from the beginning. Yeah. You know, that's how it was for me. Well, yeah. that's definitely true. Plus, I mean, he's he was the rock star out of all of them more than... More than the rest. I mean, like they're all rock stars. Yeah, for sure. But he went in like full rock star mode. Yeah. The whole time, where Paul and Gene were trying to keep it together as a business. Right. <clears throat> right. And that worked against him in the long run, but that helped their live shows and this and that. Like, it's I've said this before. Like they try to downplay. That's that's the whole thing that's so weird about it. They they try to downplay the importance of Ace Freely. Uh, you know when it's when, when it's, it's convenient, su- when it's yeah. convenience, they 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 play they downplay that, but it's like, yo, I heard some of these songs before Ace. You know, I've heard the Wicked Lester demos, and right. they're fucking weak. Right. And your band was fucking weak, and you right. brought him in for a reason. Yep. And he he's this the original Kiss sound. Right. Is Ace, and if he wasn't so damn important, you wouldn't have a guy pretending to be him. Yeah. So. Now my last uh, my last little note on the first album, well two, uh, kissing time. That song's fucking booty. Right, <laughs> but that was that the was... first words out of that song, San Diego. Oh yeah, I love it. You too know, bad, too bad we couldn't like get one of the better songs. Yeah, where it would have been like that. That would have been awesome. That's you know that song is you could tell that was them trying to write an anthem. Yeah. And it didn't they didn't fucking stick it on that one. Yet. Nope. Nope, for sure. But uh 
And then one of my favorites is Cold Gin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a it's a rad song. It, it it captures you know like Ace's mindset, which was also my same mindset mm-hmm. for many many years. You know, not gin, but mm-hmm. you know, booze. Yeah. And so yeah, um, and uh, and it's also one of the um, one of the live highlights too for for Ace yeah. all the time. So. Yeah, so Cold Gin is one of my favorite tunes on this record. Uh, yeah, it's I dig that a lot. Cold Gin's a fun one. Yeah. Uh, uh, funny, Deuce. Deuce is like one of those where I was like, wait a minute, did he say that? <laughs> you know? That's a fucking funny-ass first line, dude, for yeah. a song. Get up and get, get your grandma out of here. Fucking yeah. grandma, man. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know shit. Yeah. With her fucking hard candies and and her her, and her rotary old, phone. And her old people music. That's yeah. no, that is one of those. That's what my favorite thing about even the best kiss songs are still kind of fucking dumb. Yeah. But they're fun dumb. Yeah. And not just dumb dumb. Right. <laughs> totally. But yeah, no, that is uh that's one of my. That is definitely one of my favorite Kiss lyrics because of how fucking silly it is. Yeah, totally, totally. So, wow, this is interesting. In that, heaven and uh, hotter than heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. Uh, hotter than hell is the second album. Mm-hmm. Actually released the same year. Both released in seventy four. Yeah, that was during that era, man. Where you fucking were, like. Bands are cranking out an album or two a year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot different than now, probably because production techniques aren't as fucking kill crazy as they are now. But yeah, people were, everybody was like an album a year. I think uh, Sabbath um, released their debut in Paranoid mm-hmm. within a year of each other, also. Right. Like, it right. was just, that's just what you did. Yeah. Well, that first album, you already got those. You already you already have those songs, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, down. And then the second album, you should have most of those songs down, too. Yeah. But, you know, because you need, you got to have an hour, right, at least, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to be playing, you know, even headlining small clubs. So they should have, like, a good album and a half already ready. Yeah. Right? Um Weird, uh, I wonder what they were thinking with this album cover. You know, Japanese, it's yeah. black and white, it looks like it's cut and pasted. It's kind of fucking weird. Yeah. You know, I don't know, I don't know what was up with that. Probably the trying to, I don't know, maybe like with the Japanese shit, it's like, look at how international we are. Right. Oh, we're big in Japan. That yeah. Thing. That thing. We're like Elvis in Japan. Yep. Um, you know. So there's, yeah, the second album, you know, it's funny because you, when you look at, uh, there's some good songs on there. Uh, I think the first album overall now, when you talk about it, like that's just got more song wise mm-hmm. uh, compared to the second one. I mean, they got some ones on there that are still um, concert mainstays, right? but they have a couple in there that are, you know, kind of underappreciated, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, uh, Mainline is actually a pretty catchy little tune. Right. With Peter Chris singing it. But yep. um, Strange Ways, that one of the ones that Freely wrote, mm-hmm. that Peter is singing, that's a fucking 
like, that is a killer song. Yeah. And that, I don't think they like really ever play that shit live. Um, and it's a really good, heavy song. And it's really just a fun jam. Uh, Megadeth has a pretty good cover of that also. Right. Which is, uh, I remember reading an article uh, years back on Cracked, uh, Cracked.com, where they were talking about a kiss. And uh, they said this, the secret to playing a good Kiss cover song is just play a Kiss song and not be Kiss. <laughs> because they, I mean, they admit the fact that, you know, Kiss overall, they're not what you call like virtuoso. Right. So you get a really solid band and have them play a Kiss song and just do it straight up. Like they don't, you never see them change up the song that much when you see people cover Kiss songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's always badass when another band does it. Like uh, Mel- the Melvins right. do a couple of them that are really fucking cool. And they're just pretty much straightforward. Right. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Enough on that tangent. So, on, so uh, on the second album, you know, I'm noticing a couple of things. I'm noticing that you can always tell which songs Gene Simmons just wrote by himself. <laughs> you know, they all have that same tone to them, you yeah. know. Like, in this case, watching you, you know, he writes creepy shit yeah. a lot. Well, you use the demon. He's, yeah. He's in character. Right. Right. Um, which is why the 80s were such a fucking problem for him because <laughs> he was, he had checked out. He was trying to be an actor and Paul. Right. I mean, those, those, most of those 80s Kiss albums were, they're fucking, they might as well have been Paul Stanley solo albums. Yeah. He was doing everything on that and all the singles were Paul songs. Yeah. Gene would barely be in the studio with him, if at all. Like, yep. he'd come up with his shit and send it out and, you know, you know, Gene's acting wasn't that bad. He you had know? this one uh, movie with Tom Selleck, hmm. where he was like some evil, like, like an evil genius type of character. But he was I, pretty good at that shit. You know, I'm honestly, I, I can honestly say I've never watched a movie that had Gene Simmons acting in it, <laughs> other than uh, There's a Kiss movie. The, the Kiss or movie. a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not gonna sit and watch Kiss Meets the the fucking yeah. Phantom or whatever yeah, it is yeah. all the way through. I ain't got time to watch shit I hate. Another good one by Ace on here, Parasite. I love that fucking song. Parasite is pretty tight. And the the lyrics are so short. It's just like a little, like one of those where they say, oh, I wrote it on a matchbook. Yeah. You could have wrote Parasite on yeah. a matchbook because it's, it's, it's that, you know, that short. So, yeah. But it says everything it needs to say. So and I'm sure he was yeah. going through that shit at the time, too. Yeah. Gold we're, digger. Yeah. We're going to be here all day if we go album yeah. by album. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. We already kind of went album by album last week with the uh, kind of covering their, you know, their eras. So, um, you know, what what would you say overall your favorite Kiss studio album is? Man, that's rough. Um uh studio album you know i like um i like love gun mm-hmm. and i always like for whatever reason i always thought like my my favorite album would be like destroyer you know and that's like a lot of people's go to one yeah. but it actually isn't well destroyer 
is one of those albums that starts off fucking killer. Right. And then all of a sudden it starts getting fucking weird on you. Yeah. And it starts doing shit that kiss. I don't know what they're thinking on a lot of those things. Because uh, I'm going to, you know, I was going to try to pace this where we talk about our favorite albums and some of our best songs and worst songs. But um, let's just cut right to the chase on uh, on Destroyer because it starts off fucking, you got Detroit Rock City. Mm-hmm. Bam. Mm-hmm. King of the Nighttime World. That's a fun one. It's not a bad song. Right. Then you have God of Thunder. And you're like, you know what? I think this is probably the best fucking Kiss album. And then it hits you with great expectations. Oh, jeez. And I, when I was jotting down my least favorite Kiss right. songs, yeah. Great Expectations is my least favorite Kiss song. Yeah. And I've heard some booty-ass Kiss songs. But right. that song is, I don't know. Who was that fucking for? I have who, no idea. Like, you're trying, like, you know what your fan base is at this t- juncture of your history right. is teenage boys. Right. Yeah. And then you have, you know, a choir, and a, it's like a weird fuck ballad from yeah. Gene Simmons. Yeah. And, like, it's Gene trying to be sexy, which nobody fucking asked for. Yeah. And it's just all the lyrics are fucking grody sounding. Yeah. Where it's see, that, like, that you see been... what my fingers can do, yeah. and you hope I can do that to you, too. Yeah. It's like, what, you want to hear her fucking play bass on yeah. her fucking pussy, dude? With You're not big... even, you ain't that good of a fucking <laughs> bass player, first right. off, to be bragging yeah. about your finger action. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that song would have been like in, uh, when you're in, in a band and somebody brings a song like that, and it's like, you have to have, when you're uh, like an equal band member, usually yeah. you, have, you get a veto power. You yeah. Know? That would have been a veto for me. Not it's like, been, fuck that shit, we're not doing that. This is where, yeah, this, I feel like you can tell already that uh, fucking Ace and Peter were probably checked out of the creative process. Yeah. <laughs> when that one came yeah. out. Like, I don't know, maybe they had a thing where they had, um, Certain guys had veto power, and then yeah. everybody got a song that uh, yeah, what, they, that they couldn't that couldn't be vetoed. And right. there's no reason why that song got through the entire creative process. No, no way. And recorded, and they hired a choir and everything yeah. else to really fucking yeah rock it, like just go to town on this. Like they put in a lot of uh, of effort on this song and it sucks so hard and it's just the worst like i'm sorry i'm i'm capping on this one particular song quite a bit but it was one of them deals where like i know i had heard it years ago but i didn't really fuck with the uh um the studio albums very much for the longest time right and then when i was getting ready for us to start doing kiss and i was you know listening to the studio albums again yeah, man, I hit that one, and I was like, "What the fuck is?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're not a big fan of uh, Flame and You. Flame and You was uh, really, which is right after that too. Right. Because um, yeah, you were talking about that, we right? Like coming up with some shit, and uh, you're just like, "Yeah, Flame and You." That would have vetoed that shit. Yeah, too. fuck that. And that's that's far. That's much less of an offender to me. 
right. it's, it's not a great song, but it's not a, the worst song I've ever heard. Yeah. Now, shout shout it out loud is uh, is a song that I like. Yeah. Right. But it suffers from that thing that I think a lot of hard rock and heavy metal bands have is that it's hard to have a chorus that doesn't sound kind of corny, you know? And that chorus sounds corny to me, you know, whatever. But it's all right because the rest of the song is so cool, you know? But it's one of those things. I mean, I think like Judas Priest has it a lot where sometimes the chorus is like, Metal gods, yeah, it's not, you know, it's just like the rest of the song is like, and then that's like sing-songy or whatever. Well, I mean, shout it out loud, the whole thing is just like, you know, turn the music up loud and you're, right. you know, adults don't understand, you know, get your fucking grandma out of here again. Like, that's, it's, you know, they have a very repeated theme of uh, just, uh, Old people don't get you, man. That's like them singing directly to. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Got, got the thumbs up from a random tweaker coming out of the bathroom there. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh oh. Oh, but uh, we're going to get robbed later. Yep. Now we got to talk about Beth because it wouldn't be complete if we don't. So, what's, well, what do you think about it? I think on a, I think a Kiss album definitely didn't need to have two ballads on it, um, but uh, what the fuck ever. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's well, I mean, it it's was their big, hit. it, it yeah. was their hit yeah. at the time, and I think I don't know, man. Uh, it's not my thing. It's not right. my jam. But uh, whatever. Yeah, other people liked it. I thought it was a good song. It's a good song, you know. Uh, it's it's um, it's and it's kind of like a a time capsule for them, you know. In that, well, they're a fine looking couple. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, there's a lot of them today. Yeah. Uh, we haven't brought this up, but we uh, we've been recording our <laughs> our quote studio yeah. is uh, study rooms at the San Diego County Public Library. Yeah, the downtown. The one. downtown library, and it's uh, it's an eclectic mix of people. <laughs> I was literally gonna say eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's people learning, and there's people uh, seeking shelter. Yep, and otherwise fucking around. But okay, so so you know what? After looking at it, I am gonna go with Love Gun as as my record that the one that I like the best. Really? Yeah. You know, um, despite the 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 huge roadblocks in that thing, you're still gonna yeah, it, yeah. Just just because of the these are the songs that I look forward to the most, and I think these are the songs that Ace gets loose on the most. Mm. You know, which is. Uh, you know, shock me. Obviously, I think yeah. that that's that's Ace's signature jam. Yeah. Well, I know? think. Okay, I can see that basically what you're saying is the high points are so high right. that they I can overlook they, you. They overlook the fact that the low points are some of the lowest. Yeah. So lowest. like on like on Love Gun, I'm going with. You know. Uh, well, here's another thing that we need to, that we need to talk about, right? Because Kiss has got some fucking uh, creepy fucking lyrics in some of their shit, 
Right? Oh, yeah. Is, you know, uh, is Christine 16 on this one? Yes, Christine 16 <laughs> on it. Right? Which, I mean, you couldn't do that song today. No, you fucking shouldn't have done it then. Right. Honestly, but I mean, let's be honest. But I, but I mean, you know, the Beatles were, she was just 17. So this is only a year younger. Yeah, right? but there's but, something a little creepier. About oh, dude, it. yeah. Well, the, 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 the rap in the middle. Well, I don't yeah, normally say I, things like this to girls your yeah, age. I just got to have. I saw you coming out of school. Yeah, no, it just makes it so fucking gross. Yeah. You know, the Beatles, that was the thing. It's like, yeah, it was, it, okay. And they were closer to that age they're at clo- the time. They are closer to that age at yeah. the time. And it's kind of, I always felt, thought of that song as being sung from the point of view of someone also in high school or around that age. This is definitely from the point of view of someone in their 30s that's creeping on a 16-year-old girl. Right. And, and knows it. And knows, and knows it, that and it's And knows weird. it. And knows that's why that rap in the middle just to make it that much more uncomfortable. Yeah. And just the whole thing is so gross. Like, she's been around, but she's young, young and, and clean. clean. It's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, she, yeah. she fucks, but she doesn't have diseases. Like, right. Whole, and, right. It's, it get her now, because in a few years she will. Yeah. But what's funny is... Um, the last time I saw Kiss, uh, my brother bought tickets for me as a birthday present when they're over in Chula Vista, mm-hmm. and they're playing with the fake version of Kiss. But whatever. Right. It was still a fun show. Oh, hell yeah. But they decided to bring back some songs that they hadn't really had in the rotation for a minute. Right. And Christine 16 was one of them. And if you thought that shit was fucking gross listening it to the album, yeah. uh, 60-something-year-old Gene Simmons singing it. Right. Um was was grosser yeah but at the same time <laughs> they did it as it, it somehow made it less in a way because he did it more tongue-in-cheek right like he knew that this song was fucking whack right but he was singing it and like because it was more from the facial expressions that they're giving during some of the lyrics and right. stuff where you realize like they they give a look like they're like Ew, yeah. we shouldn't be singing this yeah but um yeah man that's I, I don't jam on that song at all. <laughs> uh, that's like if, you know, just ask anybody. Okay, I'll tell you this. If you ask someone what their favorite Kiss song is and mm-hmm. say Christine 16, yeah. uh, check the fucking Megan's check Law it, website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, because they're a fucking creep. They're well, you know, Kiss has also had some, uh, some other, you know, questionable... I mean, I'm just bringing it up because... Because it's a thing, like, cause, because personally, I don't usually have a problem with almost anything that's said, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're going to be, if you're going to be in this uh, culture, right, mm-hmm. then if something is, you have to bring it up, you yeah. know, because they've also got like lyrics that have like, you know, consent type issues. <laughs> she didn't want to do it, yeah. but she did anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yo, well, hey, here's the thing: is um, <laughs> a friend of mine. We were talking about this. Uh, he was talking about this on his podcast a while back uh, when they were doing a thing. They were talking about Kiss, and they realized part of the Kiss code is take almost any Kiss song, mm-hmm. and um, anytime the word love is in it, it means fuck. 
Right. So, <laughs> right. things like I Stole Your Love. Yeah. If you start really breaking it down. Yeah. There may be consent issues. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's... Then again, okay, now here's the thing. I was uh, tripping out because with this with this Me Too stuff and everything, up until very recently, mm-hmm. there was all kinds of dudes that were being called out, but really no rock stars, you know? Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing with rock stars, man, is they... The girls that are going to meet up with rock stars mm-hmm. backstage, most of the time, they're there to fuck. You think? So there's not, you're not seeing a lot of rock stars getting popped for sexual harassment because right. the, it was 100% consensual right. for the most part. I mean, you get some of these ones that from like these fucking like, Newer like emo bands that turned out they're all trying to fuck fifteen year old girls and that shit's fucking gross. Somebody accused like the the dude from Tool of some shit or something lately, but it didn't get it didn't seem to have a lot of legs. Yeah. Because I because I think that people think, hey, you know what? You were backstage. Yeah. I mean Maynard James Keenan is a fucking weird dude. He is a weird dude. But I mean the yeah, but basically though, when you're trying to get backstage to meet the band mm-hmm. and you're an attractive woman, mm-hmm. you're kind of going back there for a reason. You're yeah. going back there to have a story to tell. Right. You're not sitting back there to talk about how much you, you know, you like their fucking guitar work. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. You know. It was... So anyway, now that uh, we're about to get uh, trampled for talking about yeah. it, but no, but that's the thing. That's, that's why I'm, I'm very pro women's sexuality and right. that's where you see this stuff, man. They, they wanted that. That was what they were after. And right. go you. If you want to go fuck a rock star, you go fuck a rock star. Exactly. That is your choice. God bless you. <laughs> you know, you're, you made a very strong case for Love Gun now as far as uh, favorite Kiss albums. I think they really kind of took a look at some of the... Because Destroyer kind of gets capped on a little bit, like rightfully so, Yeah. Uh, for some of those songs on there. And... Um, you got a very good case for that because there's a lot of really good tracks on there and not any shit ones. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Hooligan. Um, that's just that's why one of them filler Peter Chris songs. <laughs> right, right. But um, you know, it's uh, it's a very, very, very good album. I I think still for me, Creatures of the Night would be my. favorite favorite album that's right up there too i like it it's you know i like it just because of this you know it's more of a heavy metal album and they kind of they tried to write the ship after right some severe missteps yeah and they were taking the band back to basics you know a heavy sound and unfortunately it came at the wrong time so it didn't sell for shit right but the album itself you know I think awesome. it's got some legs now. I'd, I'd have to assume that now that there's, after Kiss got their resurgence, that that, that album sold better um, retroactively than right. it did at the time. Like, Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know what that overall album sales for that are, but it's, I imagine that it's one of those ones that had to have had some legs over time. Yeah. Well, um, I mean... 
interestingly enough, I could I see here that for Kiss, their first three albums went gold, mm-hmm. right? Then Alive came out. And I went platinum. And then Destroyer went double platinum. Yeah. Right? And Rock and Roll Over went platinum. Love Gun went platinum. Dynasty went platinum. And then it was downhill, right? Which, uh, which Unmasked went only gold. Uh, music from the Elder didn't even go gold. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then Creatures of the Night went gold again. Yeah. You know? Well, so I'm it was gonna, a step back up. Well, I'm sure. going to have to say, well, it's it was certified gold, but we'll have to see when it was actually certified gold. Maybe um, it was after the fact, yeah. That's where I think, like I'm saying, I think it probably, that's one of those ones where it uh, it got some legs. Right. And later ones. And then they went platinum with, you know, Lick It Up and, you know animalize and yeah I think at that point I think at that point like right around um, right around creatures I think they decided that they were gonna have like a standard kiss sound Mm -hmm. and that was just what they were gonna stick with yeah you know because before that like on the first albums the first three or four it seems like they wanted some songs to be heavy. Yeah. And then those songs have what we would call the classic Kiss sound. And then on songs that they didn't want to be that heavy, like more poppy songs, they just sound kind of more like shit. Mm -hmm. They don't sound like necessarily like, put it this way, if it was modern, those songs would be like having like stereo choruses on the guitars and fucking you know keyboards and shit like that whereas then they just turned the guitar down and it made it just not sound as good so by by uh one of the one of the best things that i like about creatures is the way that the whole record sounds yeah which uh which ironically is you know uh because vinnie vincent was using you know Jackson guitars and modern, more modern amps and yeah. and things that I personally like, you know. So yeah. obviously it makes sense now in retrospect. Yeah, well you got that and then um, Eric Carr's drum sound heavier. on it is heavier, especially yeah. on uh, I Love It Loud. Yeah. They got a fucking yeah. hell of a drum sound out of it. yeah. Hell and you know yeah. what sucks is um, when they had uh, one of their greatest hits type compilations the it's like smashes thrashes and hits mm-hmm. they remixed that sound that song and fucking neutered the drums on it to try to make it sound more in line with like the other shit on it right but they made it just sound bullshit <laughs> nah, that sucks yeah yeah i don't like that you know i generally speaking i don't like um a lot of remixing although like last night Last night we heard a uh, Lonnie has Apple Music, mm-hmm. and a lot of music sounds better on there than it does like on some you know if you just like download the MP3 or whatever you know. Uh-huh. So they they had an an expanded version of Mr. Crowley. I don't know what the fuck expanded version means, yeah. but it was expanded, I guess, and it really like. The solo looks was like it was in its own lane. It really said it was right there. Yeah. I fucking was like, "Whoa, this is 
cool because I have heard some versions of Mr. Crowley where the solo is kind of buried. Yeah. You know, so, okay, I guess I like expanded. So far, so good, <laughs> I'm expanded. But, yeah, generally speaking, I don't like a lot of, a lot of fucking, because you know what, man? I mean, are you really going to pay more attention to it this time than you did the first time when it was, like, brand new and, yeah. you know? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I some of I, it is I'm, just I can't I, I can be talked out of it if there's a you know, if you hit me with a watch listen to this remix. Okay, cool. It depends on it. It's really I think it's some of those albums that, you know, were back in the day that the mixing and stuff was yeah questionable. That, that's the uh, um, well yeah, I mean like like for example, like the first um the first probably Let's see, 74, 75, 76. I would say at least the first three albums are probably recorded on eight tracks. Yeah. You know, and that's rough, you know, because you got to, it's like, obviously you need a, a, vo a, a snare and a kick. That's two, right? You got two guitars. That's four. You got a bass. That's one. And then and then vocals. That's yeah. it. You, there's you don't have a, a lot of room for you know nowadays, on, especially on a Kiss song, you would stack those guitars so oh, yeah. fat for the intros. And oh for, yeah. You know, and they didn't. They, yeah, they couldn't do that. So. So uh, just I, I Google it really quick. Looks like uh, Creatures of the Night was certified gold on May 9th, nineteen ninety four. Oh, so that okay. is definitely one of those ones where it sold in retrospect. Right, they had kind of they you know would lick it up. They came back and they were popular again, and yeah. they managed to get themselves through the eighties, right, uh, and into the nineties. So people who liked like lick it up and animalize and asylum probably went back and bought creatures. Yeah. You know, yeah, gave like, it a chance. Yeah, let's see what they sounded like with makeup. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I, th I think I did say last week that uh, my least favorite album was Unmasked. Right. Um, I could probably take a wild guess what yours is, but... Ah, <laughs> uh, you know... Um, let me take a look here. I mean, The Elder is generally a lot of people's go-to. You know, it is... Uh, it, Basically, for me, just because it, like, it wasn't, I never thought of them that way, you know, like, like, they were gonna, they were gonna have this incredible musical album that was gonna just, like, yeah, blow me away. like, they are gonna suddenly be rushed. Yeah, so, so I just, like, I thought it was a bad idea, and then yeah. it was a bad idea. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think it was a bad idea. But at least it was an idea. Right. Like I was talking about this before. Like, Unmasked is such an uninspired, just shitting out an album for the sake of it. Like, you could tell nobody was into it anymore at that point. Yeah. And there's, you know, but The Elder, at least they tried something. They had a vision as, you know, ill-advised as it was. And that was the problem is they let, you know, their producer get all fucking crazy Right. And try that shit because uh, they originally, like, they were initially, like, kind of looking to do, like, okay, we need to go back to basics. Yeah. And had they put out Creatures of the Night at that point instead of The Elder, I think 
That would have been a home run. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it would have been like a kiss is back yeah. moment. And instead, Unmasked, like, didn't do very well, you know, at the time. It was, you know, it was considered pretty, pretty meh overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have any major hits. Like, Shandi got real popular in, like, Australia mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. some reason. But other than that, nobody gave a fuck about that album. Right. And that was coming off a dynasty where their core fan base was already like, what's this disco album? Yeah. So they had a couple of misses in a row where people were like... Yeah, what's going on? Their hardcore fan base was like, I don't know what to think of this. you know, Because dynasty sold well, but it wasn't like the the kids that were like, yeah, kiss, were like... They're not. They weren't jamming that shit. Yeah. And on mass was just weak. And had they done creatures at that moment, I think a lot of people were like, "Yeah, Kiss is back. They're doing their thing. This is the Kiss I like." But instead, they put out a fucking weird concept album. Right. And then everybody's like, "All right, I'm fucking done." Right. Like, that's out. Three strikes and you're out. Like they, they whiff three times in a row with their their big fans and. Then when they put out Creatures, they put out a really fucking good album that nobody cared about because everybody was done at yeah. this point. They washed their hands yeah, of that shit. Yeah. It was, you know, you too little, too late. You have two new guys in the band at this point, you know, and there's people that, I mean, the, the Kiss Faithful, there is still some that stuck by them, but they're huge. Fan. They, like, they were in the shitter at that point. Right. And that they had to cancel shows, and they had half sold out, you know, half filled arenas or yeah. less, and they're playing to a couple thousand people in, in you know, in places, and then they finally with with lick it up. That's when Paul was like, "We need to do something fucking different. Let's mm-hmm. we're we're taking the face paint off. Mm-hmm. Um, we're reinventing what Kiss is." Right. And it worked. It worked. And people were like, oh, Kiss is trying something new. And then they just went and did that for a decade. Yeah. And it was just like, it was smart enough. It it was like, it was like Coke Classic and New Coke. Right. You know, they put New Coke out there and nobody liked it. So here's Coca-Cola Classic back again. And everybody was fucking excited. And it's the same thing. It's like when once the magic of that whole non-face paint kiss was starting to run thin like they'd had some albums in there hot in the shade wasn't exactly banging like there was they're they're kind of waver but revenge right. is pretty good right but they were kind of hitting that point where the novelty of that was running out so then that's when you know ace and peter got brought back into the fold right. and like we're all putting the makeup back on and all of a sudden now what's what's old is new right what's what's, you know hell yeah and everybody got super into it because then it's like this is the kiss I grew up on hell yeah and that's when I first saw kiss was around that time period they just reunited and they had all the face paint and everything else awesome time and it was just fun again yeah so they had that whole whole you know they had to they had to tank the original thing to bring it back right you know, that's funny because, um, like, in preparation for this, you know, I've been, like, you know, reading a couple of books. I've been, like, watching old that metal shows and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. and whatever. And it was funny because one of the uh, discussions that they had on there was, like, who has the more loyal fan base? And the question was, Kiss or Rush? 
And to me, that was a joke because I've seen dudes follow Rush on tour up and down the coast and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And I never had seen nothing like that for kids. But evidently, it's different on the East Coast. Like, they have a lot more, they must have a lot more hardcore fans on the East Coast because they all, like, except for one, I think they all voted for Kiss, having the, the more loyal fan base, which is, to me, crazy. But, so I guess there's a thing. I think it's, oh man, it's such a trip at this point because, you know what, I would actually say this. I will say Kiss in the sense that Rush, they managed to keep the same fucking lineup the entire time. That's true. And they've, and you know that's fucking great. Mm-hmm. And but when you do that, you know there's a consistency to it. Kiss has had people that have stuck with them through multiple lineup changes and this and that and yeah, like make a bond, make a buff. They they got some people that. They drink the motherfucking Kool-Aid. Right. Kiss. Like, with Rush, you don't have to be talked into how fucking great Rush is. Right. Rush, they just put out a fucking sick album, and a, after sick album, and cool yeah. concept albums, and all this shit, and they yeah. just do cool shit. Yeah. And, you know, you go like, oh, it's like you got, like, the fucking, the people that are really into the technical prowess and all right, that. Like right. They're, they're, they're kind of the music nerds that are yeah. super into Rush. Totally. With Kiss, it's like... It's like a fucking cult, man. Yeah. You, there ain't no fucking Rush army. Right. Like, you know, you, you like Rush. Yeah. And yeah, maybe you follow them around and Rush is, you know, they'll change up their, their stuff a bit more on yeah. the tours and this and that. But with Kiss, it's like, these people are paying to see the same songs over and over That's and true. over again. That's and they true. buy all the merchandise. And like when I saw, you know, Fake Kiss. Is what <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in there, and it was it was one of the funniest things. So my brother goes, he's he's got to fucking take a leak, so he's going to the bathroom. We're getting ready to leave, and uh, there's kids there, and this and that, and there's a kid uh, tells some dude like, oh man, that's a, he's like, hey, that's a cool belt buckle, and he has a big kiss belt buckle. Right. And he's like, he finally gets to be cool to the kids, you know, and some right. old dude, he's just like, yeah, man, this is like original Kiss Army, nineteen seventy five, yeah, like that kind of shit. He's like, he's talking about this belt buckle he's had yeah. since he was a teenager, <laughs> and he, it's like that kind of shit, man. Yeah. You don't get that with a lot of other bands. Like here's the, I made a joke before about how, uh, you know, the Kiss Army is, uh, it's like Juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> but with less meth, you know that and they, more uh, and more, you know, more in, vitamin supplements and shit. <laughs> you know the uh, it, the insane clown posse's coming to the brick by brick. Oh, good. That would be interesting. Cool. That'd be funny. Well, now we all know where the, all the all of East County is going to be a brick oh, by brick. Lord. But uh, yeah, it's just it's less meth. It's it's juggalos that have four hundred one ks. But you know that's the thing. It's 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 a very similar like and man they they fucking they feed that and it's such a weird thing when you watch Kiss live. It's well maybe it's not as much now, mm-hmm. but they like when I saw them on the farewell tour and this and that. They like Paul's stage raps. The older they got, are all about how like how anti-establishment they are. And uh-huh. how 
they didn't want us to succeed, but we fucking made it. Yeah. And it's like, what are you fucking talking about, dude? Like, you're the most commercial band of all time. Right. But it's really them, basically, it, it's it's kind of like Trump, where he talks about, like, the fake news media and shit like that and right. how they're unfair to them. Yeah. The You know, the, the elitists and all that shit. Yeah. It's basically, it's because Kiss has never gotten a fucking fair shake from, like, you know... Like Rolling Stone and shit, like right, that. right, like right. The, the the guys that are super fucking cool, like that kind of shit. Like they've always been written off as a corny band, and right, you know they are corny, but I like that sometimes. Right. Sometimes you want to be fucking corny, but they're always like you know, like when I was watching them, like during the the farewell tour, he's just like you know, people said Kiss was done. Yeah. People said this and that. And then we came out with Lick Em Out, and it sold a million copies. Yeah. And that's all thanks to you. Like, yeah. that kind of shit, you know? And it's like, they're very grateful for their fans as long as they're paying them money. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, um, let's start kind of getting close to wrapping it up. All right. Um, I got a couple of funny things to fucking... Uh, one thing that I noticed was that uh, in uh, just looking at old shit, I noticed that they gave the Paul Stanley doll kind of like a Ronda Rousey style body, like kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of like motherly hips and for, you know, for a man doll, it's kind of a, it's not, it doesn't have like the usual shape of a, I think what an action I, figure. Here's what I think. <laughs> I don't know what, I, I don't know if that's the intent. Right. I don't know, but I think. The whole thing, his character with the star child, mm -hmm. he was trying to be kind of androgynous. Right. Yeah, so I guess so. Kind I think of. that's what they're going into. Like, right. He was trying to, like, he was playing off, like, all this shit, like, right. is, is the star child bisexual? Is it, right, is it yeah. Bad? Is he just holding just this, this omnisexual being? Right. Like, he's, he's not... He's not limited by your constraints of traditional sexuality. Yeah. He was, you know. Right. You know what? Another funny thing. Um, I just have two two more funny things. Another funny thing that uh, that I was thinking about is, I don't know, during the no makeup time, did you ever watch any of those videos that they came out with? Like the VHS tapes and shit like that. Um, Kiss exposed and shit like that. Oh, you know what? I, <laughs> I didn't see that shit. Um, the one thing I did see was uh, uh, The Decline of Western Civilization oh, yeah. Volume 2 Right The Metal Years Yeah Because the first One of those The first documentary Is about punk Right And the second one Was about metal Right And then they had Gene and Paul Right um, Being very Very unnatural And trying to pretend Like this is like Their normal lifestyle Yeah Like it was Every interview with Gene was him standing around in like a lingerie store and just yeah. like grossly oogling at women walking by. Right, right, right. He's like, oh man, look at that one. Like, yeah. That's such a fucking weird thing to do. Like, yeah. because you're, you show your, like, rock stars do a lot of shit, but like his version of what made him seem like a cool ladies man yeah. rock star was like hanging out in like Victoria's Secret. Yeah. That's not a fucking... That's just a weird thing. Like, you... I mean, I guess he could do it because he's Gene Simmons and he's got the money, but... Like, right. 
if I just walked and hung out in a Victoria's Secret for any length of time, right, I'd be thrown the fuck out, and I'm not nearly as creepy looking as Jesus. Right. You know, with with those with the videos like exposed, and it, there was really a series of them. There was like mm-hmm. three or four of them, and uh, and I saw all of them. They was like it was like um, they like rented a house or yeah. something, and it was supposed to be Paul's house. Yeah, and there was just like a hundred chicks in there. Yeah, you know, and all the little you know different you know setups and you know ones by the pool, one one scenes over here. You know, one time it's like Paul's literally just laying in a sea of bitches. You know, <laughs> it's it's hilarious. I think you meant a sea of uh, of, <laughs> of independent ladies, women yes. that uh, have. Thoughts and feelings and feelings. Yeah. uh, Now here's the thing. That's the thing is they must they might have shot this around the same time because the 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 same one with decline of Western civilization, when they cut to Paul. Yeah. And Paul talking about stuff, he's just laying on a bed of women. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. So maybe it was just all filmed at the same time, but it's such a fucking, it's so forced and phony looking. Yeah. But then they had like like. I don't know if it was Blackie Lawless from Wasp uh-huh. or, but it was oh, it Chris Holmes. No, it's it Chris, Chris Holmes. Holmes. Yeah, where he was just like in the pool, fucking wasted, just just fucking chugging yeah. vodka. Yeah, his mom's like there by the yeah. bottle, and yeah. then you have like Lemmy just standing by like a rock quarry. Right, for some and the funny thing about that about that interview is they did it uh, with uh, along the timeline, and while. As the movie goes on and they talk to Lemmy, the sun's coming up behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, they've been there all night talking about this shit. Yeah. Yeah, that shit's hilarious. Now, <laughs> what would you say, if you had to pick a couple, uh, what would you say your favorite Kiss songs are? Man. Uh, I like... It, this is just it's, it's fucked up but I like Ace of Songs man I like right. Cold Gin I like Shock Me I like Parasite yeah. those are like my favorite jams okay yeah alright my I picked I picked three um I already I, I already shat on Great Expectations pretty hard cause I, yeah uh, I, I mean if you had That's to toss terrible. out a couple that you hate what I randomly you like texted you about Great Expectations the other yeah. day too it's you're like, like what no, the this, fuck well yeah because you were literally you're like hey man I'm listening to the album yeah. to get ready for the Kiss yeah. episodes and be actually prepared for ones and what the fuck is Great Expectations <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, my other two least favorite um, are just a boy. From the elder, yeah, because it's like it's already kind of a goofy song, right. and that was the one where I told you, I'm like, listen, listen to this shit and try not to laugh, yeah, because it's going and it's corny, and then it, I am just a boy, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm done, yeah, but um, yeah, that that shit fucked me up too because like when when uh, the uh, world without heroes, there's a video, right? Yeah, and that's a fucking. So when it came out. I was just like, and you know, it was it was on, and I was just like, everybody shut up, watch this. Kiss is on. Yeah, and then at the end, I was like, fuck, never mind. <laughs> everybody, everybody, go back whatever, whatever you're doing. doing. Yeah. Uh, let's pretend I didn't just interrupt everybody to watch this shit. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but I have to say, the other worst one for me is. Uh, 
Let's put the X in sex. Oh yeah. Which was, I guess, even Paul X was crying. Yeah. Let's yeah. put the X in sex. Yeah. Love is like a muscle that tonight we're gonna flex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Paul was cracking on that in one of his interviews, and it turned out it was just like he was during that period where he was the one holding the band together right. by any means necessary, and he needed just a random like extra new track for like. Smashes, smashes, yeah. hits. So he just yeah. shot out this weak ass yeah. song that even he knew was bullshit. Right. So by virtue of even him hating it, that's got to go in there. But uh, you know, we've already established uh, Great Expectations is right up there with right. you, and apparently a world without heroes <laughs> for making <laughs> yeah. you look like a yeah dick. for making me look stupid. It's <laughs> always been my least favorite thing. And <laughs> uh, I'd have to say probably my favorite gems in no particular order. Other than probably my top three, uh, uh, I Stole Your Love is one of them. Uh, Love Gun right. is another because they both are just fun, just rocking jams. Yeah. And even if I was cracking on I Stole Your Love earlier right. uh, with basically saying I Stole Your Fuck. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's stole still a fuck. Ass. It's a fuck. You know what? Fuck it. It's got a really good guitar and it's yeah. fun. Yeah, totally. Um, Come on and love me mm-hmm. is another awesome one, especially on a live. You know, it's just got so much swagger to it and just at their best. But my all-time favorite, I'd have to say, it's the live version of Black Diamond. Oh yeah, uh, that is just I love that song, and you know what? I like the, the uh, you know the songs that Peter Chris sings. A lot of them rank up there for me yeah i love his voice yeah he's got a good voice and just black diamond man just you know i think what really gets it for me too is you know you start off soft with paul yeah and then just the hit and bam you know and that just yeah that just makes you fucking get pumped every time yeah yeah for sure and uh, that's you know that that one made me made me think of my my last little point that just things that make me laugh you know, and because you know that's about a chick you yeah. know and they have a lot of songs that are about chicks yeah but like very like seldom do they name the the chick that's yeah. in the that's in the song are you going into hard luck woman so right now yeah you know and that bitch name is Raz. <laughs> that lady yeah that lady that lady that I remember. It's funny because those are the exact words you texted me one time. Well, we're just, when we're, this is well before we were thinking of doing a podcast and we'd just go back and forth and text some random yeah. shit about, like, hey, check out this album or yeah. what do you think of this one? And one day you randomly texted me and said, hey, I was uh, playing some shit for Lonnie yeah. to get her more to kiss. Yeah. And I put on Hard Luck Woman. And I was like, I, I finally was looking at the lyrics, and that bitch's name is Rags. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, maybe I, I think I actually forwarded that text to my brother yeah. just to make him laugh. Yeah. I, lo- I was at home, <laughs> and I just get this random fucking big frog test. That yeah. bitch's name is Rags. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're sober at this point. No, I don't think I was. Yeah. I just, it was the f- <laughs> Yeah. I was fucking, I was laughing so hard. But, oh, um, man. you know, I think, you know, we, Kiss is one of those bands that, man, you just, you, 
it's you can't help but laugh when you talk about them a lot. Right. You have a lot of good memories, and you have a lot. They did some sh- weird shit. Yeah. But they're fucking fun, and you know they don't get the respect from you know the musical elitists. Right. Sometimes you don't, you know, you don't always need you know twenty one twelve. Well, you know what? I, I kind of got a little bit of a wake up call because you know um, we were like, Lonnie's asking. She always asked me, do you like these guys? Do you like them? Do you like uh-huh. them? Do you like them? And one of the bands that came up at some point was Megadeth. Yeah. You know, and I was like, yeah. I go, well, you know, it depends what era, but yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. And I go, and then she goes, but you seem like you have like a reservation about it. Like you don't like, I go, yeah, man. I go, just, you know, some of the shit that Dave Mustaine does and says is just like yeah. so fucking corny. And she's like, like this other shit ain't. <laughs> and I'm like, good point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know what? A lot of heavy metal bands have look some corny in there. You know, it just, it's just part of the game. You know, that's the thing with heavy metal is, I remember I was talking to a chick about this before uh, a while back, and we were talking about metal, and um, I just said, you know, I've come to terms with the fact that the majority of metal is kind of retarded yeah (laughs) and that's the thing is it's like but it's got retard strength yeah well kiss at its (laughs) kiss at its best is retard yeah exactly and we're fucking getting in trouble yeah uh but it's that it's you know it's kiss it's 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 dumb but it's that 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 right amount of dumb. Yeah. Like, you know, like so like a friend of mine, Jordan Parker, uh, told said that about me one time, where every once in a while I'll crack a joke mm. and you just say, you know what? Sometimes you just say some shit was that's just the right amount of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like um when we're we're at Universal and our friend Tyler was smoking a cigarette and then I walked by later where they have all the fans and stuff that blow mist mm-hmm. and they call it the cool zone. And yeah. I said, oh, you should have smoked your cigarette there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Jordan's like, you know, every once in a while, you just say something, it's just the perfect amount of stupid and yeah. that's one of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that is, kissed at its best is that perfect balance of dumb and cool. It's, it's a bad movie that's fun to watch because it was done sincerely. Right. You know, it was, you know, there, there's love behind it as dumb as it is. Mm-hmm. And at its worst, it's just fucking dumb. Yep. And they bought into it 100%, so they yeah. sold it to you 100%. Yeah. And, and, you know, what, when Kiss is doing, following their thing is when they're at their best. It's when they chase trends that things start getting a Yeah, then they fuck up. And I'll, that being said... I like to close this out with a little thing and just say, you know, um, as far as Kiss albums go, not a lot of people listen to it because it came out after it was just thrown out there after the reunion. But their their quote grunge album, Carnival of Souls, mm-hmm. it's a good fucking listen. It's not bad. Okay, give it a shot if you're listening and going like, eh, is there any is there any Kiss hidden gems? Mm-hmm. Carnival of Souls is probably the closest thing to it. All right. Cool. I'm going to check that out. And we're going to leave you on that until the next one. This is Big Frog. And the uh, Ankh Warrior, Mike Castleberry. Until the next one, we're out.